0: Welcome to Creative Patapatai, the podcast edition, an ongoing interview series showcasing creative people in Toronga and the Western Bay of Plenty. Together we explore artistic influences, creative process, and unique cultural aspects, delving into the minds of these unique individuals. By the way, Patapatai is Tareo Māori for the act of questioning, inquiring, provoking, challenging, and interviewing. This podcast is brought to you by Creative Bay of Plenty, a charitable trust guiding the growth of arts and the culture sector. We are here to make the region more exciting, expressive, connected, and interesting.
1: Connor Johnston, toko ingoa. I'm Connor, and today I'll be chatting with Jess Loker. You can learn more about Jess by visiting her profile in our creative directory at creativebop.org.nz and on her website at l o w c h e r Dot com. And make sure you check both links out and get in touch to say hi. So let's get into it. Welcome, Jess.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, of course, it's a pleasure. So would you like to tell us a little bit more about your creative discipline?
2: Yeah, so I, I guess I, like many creatives, I wear quite a few hats. Hmm. So I feel like creative entrepreneur is a good, a good overarching, I guess, description. I've been a photographer for going on eight years now. And that's kind of where I started in the in the arts field, and then from right, there right. started a few creative businesses. And
1: Very cool. And working in the t- TV and film industry as well. You said you worked on in The Rainbow.
2: Yeah, I did. I so worked on. Yeah, that was my first. Actually, that was my first. My first TV experience.
1: Oh wow! So, so TVNZ production in The Rainbow, doing stills photography. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So whereabouts were you born? What what feels like home for you Jess?
2: where I was born, and what feels like home, two different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I was born on a little island off the coast of North Carolina and lived there most of my life. Went to school, university, just south of there and then um, always felt pulled to come to the South Pacific for a really long time and then came here and here I am. What so. was
1: that pulled, you think? I
2: don't, it's don't, so weird, like I don't know, but I've just always felt so pulled to be over here and then um, I did a short stint studying abroad in Fiji while I was oh. in university, and then just was like, "Oh my gosh, I have to come!" I don't know. I just felt like I needed to come back here, and New Zealand was next on the list, and then right. came here on a surf trip and never left. Oh, so really? a surfing,
1: yeah. surfing trip.
2: Yeah, yeah, came here with a surf trip. Yeah. Wow, is there
1: mm-hmm. much surfing back in NC? Yes.
2: Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm from a little island that kind of sticks off the coast six out off the East Coast. Um, so yeah, we get some fun waves.
1: Oh, wow, yep. so you'd be right at home in Todonga then, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: So Jess, what are the earliest stories you remember hearing, things that tell you about the world?
2: Going back to the whole feeling pulled to come over to New Zealand, I remember when I was about 11, and I saw the movie Well Rider, <laughs> yeah. and I think maybe that's what kind of started it all. So that was kind of my first intro into mode culture and south pacific just like the south pacific in general also mm. mulan was another one of my favorites oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah. yeah, um very nice yeah i've got um some japanese ancestry so
1: and you've been really loving exploring that aspect of you as well eh?
2: well that's the definitely the next place to visit oh. once covid clears and we can travel again
1: What part do you want to head to specifically?
2: Well, my grandma is from an island called Amami, so I'd love to go there and honestly just go around the whole country and see, eat, and explore. I think it's overwhelming too, Mm because, you know, when there's. I think this day and age, like, there are so many things to do and so many things to choose from. It's actually so overwhelming to pick which one to do first. so little
1: time. I feel like you could just go to a few places there and then not even touch on the worlds that people will come in, you Mm -hmm. know, and have their entire lives Mm -hmm.
2: there. And I also think, like... Really if you want to experience something fully, it's, it takes time mm. to be there, like yeah. one week or one month isn't really enough time for me to fully immerse myself in mm. the culture.
1: So looking back at your childhood self-dress, what um, what's one sentence that would describe you as a, as, a, as a person back then?
2: I was a child that was always asking questions, always doing twirls in the hallway making something, I felt like I was always on the move, whether it was making something or t- just playing, twirling, always curious about everything. I feel like some type of people do well in the school setting and some people do well out more just following their own curiosity and I felt like that was yeah. more my my jam.
1: School of hard knocks. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than just sitting there and being told what to yeah, do. Yeah,
2: kind of, I just, yeah. yeah, yeah. I
1: feel like you're a lot, very self-directed. Learning. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Jess, what, what, kind of, what kind of music is uh, still memorable from your youth and adolescence?
2: The very first album I remember our family jamming to was uh, B-52's The Cosmic. <laughs> I think it was The Cosmic album, I can't remember. But yeah, B-52 was like our family, family jam. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so we talked about, we, we touched on a few places already, but where would you most like to live but haven't yet done so?
2: Japan, for sure. It'd be yeah. another place, on a like, huge place. Also, Italy, because mm. food.
1: <laughs> nothing else needed to be said yeah food. no just food.
2: like <laughs> seriously pizza and pasta i could eat at least twice a week and be just fine so
1: yeah i think i'd be just fine during that as well
2: I, it's interesting like both of those places both japan and italy both have really deep roots in the culture and deep mm. deep history and i feel like in america like we're such a where i'm from it's such a melting pot mm. that you you kind of have experience of little things but you don't really feel deeply rooted into any one of those right so it would be i just think it'd be (laughs) so curious and interesting to go you know have a have a see about
1: so bringing it back to bay plenty what's your favorite little place your little go-to place around here
2: i love mclaren falls
1: i love going
2: there when it's like like on a weekday when it's like not summer but spring fall winter because it's not too hot and it's just so beautiful yeah yeah and it kind of feels like like I live in the Mount, so going out there, it feels like you're almost in a totally different place, like countryside mm. somewhere in the middle of nowhere, and I just love that.
1: In your opinion, what, what's the biggest problem about Teodora? How would you solve it?
2: As somebody who's not from here, I'd say the biggest problem is also the biggest draw card for me. So it's the isolation of the country. Like that is, it is, have, it's, it's huge problems. I guess because you are so isolated but at the same Mm. time it's not something that I would want to change because the isolation is what keeps it so unique and so special
1: right right yeah true so for you as a creative person just what are some of the influential artists um artists or thinkers
2: they I feel like that's a few and they kind of fluctuate all all the time and I also have a really terrible memory but I have written a list of a couple of my favorites um so recently I've just gotten into pastel painting and I've been loving the work of Karen Margulis she's American pastel painter and she explains she kind of breaks down her the way she paints and I like her I guess her whole concept of just like letting go and not um trying to control the work so much I also recently read a book by an author called Beth Kempton and I really liked it It it's called uh, Wabi Sabi and it she explores a lot of concepts around um imperfection and also um impermanence and i thought that was really interesting as well
1: what do you mean by impermanence?
2: impermanence so moments are just a moment they're not fixed in uh, time and it explores like it just talks about appreciating moments in time because they're never going to be the same what is yeah. happening right now is now and will never be the same again in the past or future
1: yeah yeah, yeah it yeah. was it was really
2: interesting read and then even
1: in the present
2: and then another person i really like is i i have uh deepak tripra's I think it's called the seven spiritual laws of success, which is a book that I came across a few years ago. And it's kind of been like my baseline book for when things get a bit rocky. It sort of has given me like a good foundation to build from. Mm.
1: So Jess, what word of advice would you offer an aspiring creative person?
2: I would say that your self-love practice is as of equal importance as your art practice. that makes sense because as well I more along the lines of as artists and creatives we're always pulling from within to create something out of nothing and so if we're not taking care of ourselves and inputting into ourselves we have nothing to pull from yeah so that's why I feel like practicing self-love giving yourself love giving input into yourself so that you can then create for the world is so important
1: What else would you like to tell us about yourself, Jess? What's exciting for you coming up uh, toward the end of the year and heading into 2022? It's coming along very quick.
2: Yeah, it has. You know, this year has not gone at all how I expected it to. And I am right now just enjoying being fully present where I am at the moment and just seeing what the world has in store because I just feel like we, it's just so hard to plan at the moment and I'm kind of just enjoying where I'm at in
1: life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so That's good. If it's not broken then don't fix it
2: yeah well yeah. I think the last the last year was really hectic for me and really really busy and crazy and I'm just appreciating the slowness that is right now for yeah. me and just kind of reabsorbing I don't know I just reabsorbing love and just trying to find my balance again.
1: So you said you had a very hectic year, right? Mm. So a lot of work going on, a lot of exciting projects and things.
2: Yeah, well, yeah. um I mentioned previously I had so I had started two creative businesses. One of them we sold in March and then the other one we recently closed down, which yep. it sounds sad but it was actually like a, such a great experience and I'm just glad to have gotten what I did from it. And now cool. yeah, so yeah, and in that regard, having the two creative businesses plus having my photo business, it was a mm. crazy yeah, time, yeah, yeah. crazy. So going from like full hundred mile an hour mode to like chill mode, I'm just fully enjoying the chill mode like so much <laughs> right now.
1: Very cool. And what yeah. better place to do that in this paradise? Oh
2: my gosh, I know. I just love it here. So.
1: So what? What's next in terms of that? Have you Have you got any other businesses in the works?
2: I feel like right now I. My primary focus now is back to like the whole inputting and rebuilding up the juices and the creative ideas and nurturing little ideas. Um, And then seeing where that takes me. I don't want to, I feel like I've just, just come off the grind mode. I'm ready to just Mm -hmm. like relax for a bit and I don't want to put any pressure on myself to like try and get something else going right away. So I think there's like everything there's seasons in life. And, like, you've got crazy seasons and you've got slow seasons. And I think there's things that you can take from both. Mm. And I'm just not trying to rush through having to have something to do all the time. It's kind of tricky because I feel like society, you feel like, oh, I have to be doing something. I've got to be building something. I've got to be going somewhere. I've got to be successful. And I kind of realized over the last year that, like, that I can be happy doing that. But I can also be happy just appreciating little things and taking time out. So
1: what do you do for yourself to take that time out and to get relaxed?
2: Um, I, I do a lot of surfing (laughs) when I can. Um, And also read, I read a lot, Um, paint and bake food for my friends and family. So yeah.
1: So you hit the water every morning, do you?
2: Not every morning, but close to if the Mm. surf is fun. If the surf is fun, I'm going to go. (laughs)
1: Do <laughs> you, you have any hidden spots for our listeners? Any... uh I can't pie street, t- street? <laughs> secret. Yeah, don't want to overcrowd it Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah.
2: also, I mean, it's a beach. It's a... Like, this whole area is, like, beach, so... Or sand, so it changes all the time. Yeah. So it's You can't really say, like, oh, here's good, because next week it might not be good, so...
1: Yeah. You working on any cool books? Reading any cool books at the moment?
2: I... You know, I've been reading a lot of historical fiction. I love... I love books that take, like, a woman's point of view from a few hundred years ago or a hundred years ago or even, yeah, just sometime in the past. I just find it so interesting to, like, revisit those time periods and and kind of learn about the difficulties that women faced at that time and, Mm. yeah, just kind of reflect on where we've come
1: since then. Cool, like Jane Austen kind of vibes?
2: Yeah, yeah, that and... And just more, maybe like, um, um, authors that aren't like, maybe authors that are living today, but have written their books set in the past.
1: And, um, you said you enjoy your baking. What's your favorite little, what's your favorite dish?
2: Uh, that depends on my mood, (laughs) (laughs) but recently (laughs) I've been making, um, pumpkin bread a lot, which is, yeah, it's so good. Pumpkin pie
1: is my favorite.
2: Oh yeah. It's so good. I love pumpkin pie
1: very american like put it through the window so i know i know (laughs) so you uh, you had another company sweet dough co would you care to tell us a little bit more about that
2: yeah so sweet dough co was a cookie business that i started up about two years ago with my husband Mm. and our whole idea was to create slice and bake frozen slice and bake cookie dough that you can keep in your freezer um, slice off cookies whenever you wanted it and just like bake cookies and yeah have basically like an instant fresh-baked cookie at any time wow. so the idea kind of started from there and then um, transition kind of as businesses do we kind of evolved into a different product which was um, ice cream Sammy's do you know an ice cream yes, I very much do. yeah so we started making ice cream sammies um, over the summer uh, at markets and stuff yeah yeah, yeah 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 and started selling them yeah. around town and um, over the last year our business started to grow, which was cool, but it was a lot of work. I don't know if you've ever worked with food before. Hospital. Especially making everything from scratch mm. and being a small business. And the ice cream sandwiches were such a hit that we just kind of kept rolling with the ice cream sandwiches, and actually started to push that. Cool. And yeah, like any food business, it's a, l- I w- this is my first time getting into food. Like I'd never made food before, like in a business sense. I just always baked for my friends and family. Um, and what that what what I kind of learned through this experience was that you know as you grow you get more busy but being a small business you're still really tight on cash and where you can put that so it ends up you doing a lot of the work yourself so mm. we were spending just so much so many hours in the kitchen and it, it was just starting to like it started to dawn on me like this is not what I want to be doing mm. and we, reali- we got to this point in the business where we realized, okay, in order for this thing to work, we've either got to throw in everything, go even harder than we're going now um, to make it work, or stop. And that was a really hard call because, you know, we'd spent like two years putting this thing together. Yeah. It was slowly starting to grow and take off. And it came down to the fact that, yes, this could be a, prof- this could be a business that could work, but I'm not that person to make that happen. Yeah. And I had to realize that. I was overexerting myself and it wasn't bringing me joy. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just a good learning experience. Like what I learned from that was like, love, I love to bake still for my friends and family. I just don't like baking when Mm -hmm. I'm like required to do it. Um, What I sort of realized as well is like, when you, with any small business, like you are pushing yourself so hard, you're working so many hours to try and get this thing off the ground. And it really takes a toll after a while, it will really start to take a toll on your mental health. Hugely. And I was kind of one of those people that was like, yeah, okay, whatever, mental health, like, whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it wasn't until this experience of Sweet Dough that it, it really dawned on me how important it is to to pause and take breaks yep. and, and not just try to go at a 1,000 miles an hour every single day. Because as soon as you acknowledge that you've pushed yourself past your breaking point, it, it like, actually comes it down on you like an avalanche, which was yeah. my experience, which it's not a bad thing. I'm so grateful to have learned it. And I feel like it's such a valuable thing that I'm now gonna take with me, wherever, whatever job or whatever business I do next. Being creatives, we're pulling things out of the thin air. We're pulling things from inside ourselves. And if, we have, if we've emptied the well inside of ourselves, we've got nothing to give other people. We've got, and we can't, if we can't serve ourselves and help ourselves grow, so that we can then help other people like we're kind of missing the whole point which yeah. was a really hard lesson for me to learn I still don't feel like I've quite like I kind of get it but it's still hard to actually put into practice especially if for me I'm I like want to serve others so badly and I put others before myself but it made me, this whole experience made me realize like I actually can't give people the best that I can be or serve people the best if I'm not taking care of myself
1: yeah I can see sweet <coughs> Doco's like empowered you in so many more ways than just the business side of it. Like it's all aspects of your life has really helped.
2: Mm, yeah, <clears throat> it taught me a lot, taught me a lot about um, how important, as a creative, I am not a, pro, a pros, processes, procedures, data person, like I'm not. Mm. But this actually taught me the importance of that and really how that how that is your lifestyle in a way. Like it teaches you, it, it, <laughs> having procedures in place like help you run your business and also allows you to have time outside your business. If you don't have good procedures in place, you can't really do that and you kind of will end up spending your all your time spinning your wheels. Mm, so that was yeah. like a pretty um, important piece of information. Yeah. Did that.
1: you find during that time when you were being pushed to the the limits that it was affecting and impeding on your other creative? 100%. Like?
2: I oh, literally right. had nothing to give. Like oh, yeah. I was struggling creatively because I felt like I... I'm an empty well. Like I've got nothing here to pull from. I wasn't painting. I wasn't doing anything mm. that brings me joy creatively. I was just in the grind. Yeah. I think once you like being able to pause, like once we decided, okay, we're not going to continue with sweet dough. And then giving myself that grace to sort of start to input again has just made such a huge diff, like impact on my, not only my day to day life, but what I can offer other people as well. Creatively, and from a business perspective
1: so having that time for, your, um, for yourself that time and space has had a, a huge ripple effect on what you can uh, reflect in your work as well in your creative work.
2: yeah and yeah. i think it's so important to share that because again our culture is just like go 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 you have to be productive all the time you've got to be building you've got to be conquering and hustle culture and hmm. i don't think that's the most productive way to go about it yeah. because at the end of the day we end up technically maybe we've put in a hundred hours that week, but how many hours of that was actually productive? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. or we can be intentional about how we spend our time, use part of our time to refuel ourselves so that we can then give a hundred percent of ourselves when we are working.
1: It's like you said, you pull your creative stuff from you from somewhere. And if you're fully burnt out and overexerting yourself, then where can you f- pull that from? Yeah, right? that exactly. That's yeah. so true.
2: So I, uh, that's one bit of like advice that yeah or something i learned that i've been trying to normalize for mm. myself and share with others too yeah
1: thanks for sharing that with us that reminds me of the saying it's like if you're out there in in the woods say and you're trying to go somewhere like a direction or achieve something if you don't know where you are yourself then like a, a compass isn't going to do you any good a nah. GPS isn't going to do you any good so yeah. you look at yourself first and make sure you're giving yourself time to breathe
2: yeah and also check in and where like i think our goals and, in um, what we want change with the information that we learn, that we, that we get and learn from. Right. So what I thought I wanted at the start of the year is now not what I want. And mm-hmm. I think it's so important to take that time to pause and be like, wait, do I still want this after what I've learned over the last three months or four months or whatever? And that way we don't end up six years down the track, just mindlessly doing something and mm-hmm. wondering why we're so frustrated and out and mm. angry at the world
1: <laughs> yeah you said making these other changes in your life has like made some really great positive effects on you I'd be interested to know like your eyes through the lens of a photographer how that looked before you started doing these um say sweet doco and all this and you know and then post now you've taken that time for yourself you've known you've made decisions that you had to do you know for you guys like how does it look now does it
2: I think for me there's a couple of differences that have taken place. One is I just, this is more of a mental thing. I just, I just feel like I've been topped up with fresh water, if that makes sense. So Mm. I feel like I've got so much more to give to my clients creatively and strategically. And also working in sweet dough, it's given me more of a, like an idea of how I should be more strategic in helping my clients and going through like what we want to accomplish.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, setting up instead of just creating a pretty picture and be like oh here's your pretty picture no it's like no okay I am creating a piece of the puzzle to your um your sales funnel and where exactly are these images going to fit within your sales funnel okay and what are we trying to say okay and how are we going to say it so that's that's more my approach now
1: right so it's been more accurate paint strokes now of what your clients want and envisioning what they would yeah
2: and helping them draw that out because I feel like um Often I have clients come to me and they don't really know what they want. And I want to help them create images that's actually going to be an asset to their business. So I I sit down and kind of help them work through, okay, well, what is going to be the most impactful? And what exactly are you trying to say? And what is the point Hmm. exactly?
1: Well, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this Creative Patapatai podcast. Creative Bay Plenty is here to ensure arts and culture thrive in Tauranga and the Western Bay. Our non-profit organization is passionate about celebrating sense of place, the creative process and a growing community of artists, makers, producers and performers creative bop can help accommodate your creative projects and events provide mentoring opportunities and support your innovations no matter how big or small our friendly team will help you achieve your creative aspirations with experts on funding promotions and more best of all our services are free. Find out more at creativebop.org.nz. Creative Patapatai. The podcast edition is made possible thanks to the support of Tauranga City Council, Western Bay of Plenty District Council, Mood Media, and creative producer Kendra Stone.